This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora, kia ora, good evening Dunedin, good evening Otago. You are listening to DMEC on air. You're listening to DMEC on air. Uh, this is Lux. Uh, welcome to the show. And this is another exciting Tuesday. So greetings to all of you. Kia ora, namaste, apakabar, nihama, bula vinaka, assalamu alaikum, and in my language, vanakam. So we have two special guests on our show today, and they are here all the way from Auckland and Hamilton for a special event. And those of you who have seen DMEC Facebook page uh, or any other social media, we have run a treaty workshop yesterday for the multi-ethnic, multicultural communities of Dunedin by the treaty people. So who have translated the treaty into 24 different languages. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Ingrid and Mesa from the treaty people. Kia ora, Ingrid, kia ora, Mesa. Kia ora, assalamu alaikum. And dachuta. And dachuta. 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 That's in Dutch, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Great, great. Um, okay, we've got 26 minutes, and this is a live show, dear listeners, so you can call in any time uh, on 471-7171. That's 471-7171. If you're calling from Dunedin, if you're out of Dunedin, or three, or if you're international, those very keen listeners, plus 643-471-7171. All right, so let's kick off with uh, my first question. Okay, Ingrid, I'm going to, before I get into the really nitty-gritty, I want to just spend a couple of minutes to know who you are. Who's Ingrid? Mm. What is, where do you fuck a papa to? Yes. And then I'll come to Mesa. Kia ora Lux. So my name is Ingrid Huygens in Dutch. So I'm the child of Dutch immigrants to New Zealand. So they came in the 1950s and I was very lucky that my parents always spoke our mother tongue at home. So as a child, I realised that New Zealand was a British colonial society when I entered the school system. And I realised that we needed to become more multilingual and that we needed to understand the relationship with the indigenous people of this country. So I've been passionate about this since I was five years old. Wow, <laughs> five years old. That's a whole lot of experience. <laughs> Mesa. Please. Yeah, Assalamu alaikum. My name is Maysa Sheikh Al Ard, originally from Syria. We immigrated here in 1997. I came with my four children, then becoming six children. I have uh, five grandchildren, and um, we are settled here. And, um, you know, to, to be involved in this project, it was a very big step for me because we live, you know, in Arab country the same the, what they said the history so that's why i'm working with Angata Tiriti. i'm one of the translator uh, the, for the arabic language and i have the privilege to be one of the facilitator also yeah wow Kiora. wonderful kiora kiora um wow big family big family big, big family <laughs> and you also told me that you are not just a the treaty facilitator 
You are also a, a big Arab community leader in Waikato, yeah. and you're known as the mum. Yes, <laughs> the mom, Yes, <laughs> actually, because when we uh, the first um, uh, um, refugee come to Waikato to Hamilton, it was you know they start to be like isolated. So I initiate um, Waikato Arab Social Club. And it was just to be under one umbrella, the immigrant and the refugee. We have Arabic school. We have sports team. Uh, we have um, celebration, like social activity and so on. So all the Arab speaking people, they are under our umbrella. And because maybe my age, I don't know. But all the, especially the refugee, they I'm their either mother or the big sister for the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're doing a wonderful job over there. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so my first question, right? I'm going to kick off right into the into the <laughs> questions, right? Can you tell us about the the Treaty People and the mission behind your organization? So, what inspired the transition translation of the Treaty of Waitangi into 24 different languages and project details? So, the mission of Tangata Tiriti, which means Treaty People, is to help all newcomers to Aotearoa actually understand that they belong here. They're not strangers, they belong here because that very important constitutional document, the Treaty of Waitangi, that it was signed um, between Māori and um, the British Crown, but it was signed to welcome everybody here. So that's our mission, is to make sure all immigrants, all newcomers feel they belong in this country. And that led to the translating into many languages. Wow. Okay, wonderful. Um, thank you so much. And I just want to have a sub-question is, what what drives you? I know that I've dealt with you, and you you are relentless. You know, you don't <laughs> you don't let it slide. You just... Very passionately, just keep saying, oh, can we do the mm. treaty in, in your city? Yeah, and right. you're relentless, and you must have that passion. Otherwise, nobody can be that relentless. So what, what drives you both? So the, the driver is that even when my parents came to the Fakatani area, they could see that there was something wrong in the New Zealand social fabric and that it was that the indigenous people, the Māori people who had always been here, that they were unhappy, they were, um, they had had so much taken from them and so that it was the restoring of that relationship, you know, get to get that relationship back where it should be. That's been my driver personally, and Mesa had a different driver. Yeah, Mesa. So uh, I remember until now, the first time I attended, you know, the workshop about Titriti uh, Waitangi, it was so open eyes and mind for me. So in that um, in that workshop, I remember Angra, she said, you can look on internet, there is many resources in different languages. And when I open it and I read that translation, I find it is you know, it's exactly the same as, you know, the English and the Maori. It's the same meaning, which is, I, as I understand, it's not. So that's why I told Ingrid, okay, can I try to translate it in the Arabic language? Mm-hmm. And from there I started because also I was like a podcast um, uh, hosting and I want to tell my community in my language about Titiriti Waitangi. So it was very important for me to translate it so my people, they understand it. And that's how we start this program. So we start with one language and end up in 24 languages. Marvelous, marvelous. My second question is, 
How did you choose the 24 languages that you've translated? Were the specific communities you aim to reach? Were these the specific communities? Mm. Could you walk us through the process of translating such an important document and what were some of the challenges you faced? Mm. So we especially as I'd been living here, you know, grown up here all my life and had been a community educator and a community psychologist, I knew how much misunderstanding had um, grown and uh, remained in New Zealand about the, the two versions of the Treaty of Waitangi. I'd also been an activist um, up at Waitangi holding a banner saying, mm-hmm. honour the treaty mm-hmm. um, for uh, many, many decades. And as part of a whole network of Pākehā treaty educators, so treaty educators from the dominant white cultural group in New Zealand, um, we had always, with our Māori advisors, followed their advice that the Māori text of the Treaty of Waitangi is easy to understand. It's a a recipe, a blueprint for a harmonious and um, gentle and loving society in our country, not a a blueprint for colonialism. (laughs) And so it was the teaching of that that we needed to do. So we realised that to choose the, um, the way to choose the communities, we needed to think about the communities who were coming into the country who might not have so much fluent English. So that's the communities who haven't had to pass IELTS to get in. And so it's the communities, maybe they've been refugee communities particularly. So we started by thinking about the ones who needed to have the treaty explained in their own mother tongue. And so that's how we came to, you know, go for Dari, Dari mm-hmm. Persian, for mm-hmm. the people from Afghanistan. We went for um, Kinyarwanda for the people from Congo, for, you know, the Spanish speakers from all the South American countries, mm-hmm. Chile. Those people have been coming here, you know, since the 70s, from now from Colombia and so on. And then, then we also thought of who are the big immigrant groups in our country who have strongly held on to their own language and would love to have the treaty translated. So, you know, Chinese, both traditional and, and simplified script, um, Hindi, Tamil, Vietnamese, they were early um, refugees welcomed into New Zealand, um, Korean. So we thought of the big communities. Mm. So we have a treaty in our language advisory group, which mm. has many linguists on mm. it. We're very um, pleased. Our chairperson is called E Wang, and she's a top linguist. Mm. <laughs> so we take their advice. Mm. So Anybody from Dunedin? We could have. <laughs> so we, we th- those have been our criteria, is to go for the ones who need it most and the biggest um, speaking communities. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And also in, when we choose the people who will translate or interpret, um, they have to attend like a full day workshop at least they understand exactly the history of the treaty mm-hmm. and the history of their country and also in the same time to, to understand the spirit of the treaty, not mm-hmm. only word by word. Mm-hmm. So they must attend a full day workshop mm-hmm. and then they have the passion and the commitment for that and then they can start, you know, to translate it. We have um, a reviewer after they finish, they it will go for, a diff- you know, another person who can review the translation itself and he must understand also the language very good. So this is some of the criteria that it must be with the people who translate Mm. 
mm. any doc, the, this document. Oh, great. And that's following good translation practice. Okay. You you both um, you know, must know both languages well, but you must understand the context. Context, yeah, yes, to, yes. to translate and well. These are professional translators. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's oh, right. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. We we come ca- halfway through the show. Before I I go further, I've got some announcements about the Multicultural Council. Uh, dear listeners, okay, you're listening to, if you have joined a little late uh, in the show, uh, you have joined us on DMEC on air, 105.4 FM, uh, and also via live streaming online. If you go to Otago Access Radio f- uh, website and click on live stream, you can listen to us from anywhere in the world, really. And if you want to... Ring live, 4717171. All right, Multicultural Council. You can go to any of our platforms, website, www.dmc.org.nz, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, anywhere you go, Multicultural Council, you can reach us. Just put a like and you can message us if you have ideas, if you want to connect to us. Mainly, you want to volunteer for us. Volunteering opportunities, we've got a youth council, we've got a women's council, which run Chai and Chat weekly uh, catch-up. We've got a seniors program who does the community garden, and they also meet and greet. We've got the arts and music uh, council, which this radio is part of. And we are about to launch the business council headed by Jeff Mitchell, who is a banker in our uh, executive committee, and we're going to be launching that during the Race Relations Week. And myself, we've got the Health and Wellbeing Council. We do sports. Uh, we've started off with the football and ethnic cricket tournament. And we have Community Connect and the Tamariki Council, which runs the Koro Playgroup. If you want to connect any of these projects, please email us through our Facebook or through our website. All right, that's our announcements. Now we're back to the interview. Okay, Ingrid and Massa, you're with Ingrid and Massa, who are the treaty workshop facilitator from Treaty People. Okay, so the next question I have for you both is how have these translations been received by the diverse communities in New Zealand? Can you share a memorable experience or feedback from one of your workshops that highlights the impact of this wonderful work that you're doing. So a, a beautiful comment from our the person who went on to become our Vietnamese translator, Ha Nguyen of Cambridge in North Island. She said, when I've read about the treaty, okay, I've you know, understood it. But when I translated it into my own language, it went straight to my heart. Wow. And, oh, that's such a great saying. And, yeah. And, and in general, newcomers will say, oh, now that I understand the treaty and what Māori wanted from immigration into New Zealand, well, now I understand it had these same things happened in our country. You know, this is what we wanted, but then colonisation happened. Mm. And, yeah. Yeah, one of the story maybe, or one of the ladies, one in in uh, the workshop. After we finished, she she stand up and she said, "You know something? Always I'm um, hearing about Tiriti Waitangi. Always 
I said, it's only for the Maori, so I, I don't care about it, you know. But later on, when after the workshop, she said, it's the first time that me, I know that I'm a Tangata Tiriti and I'm part of this uh, treaty and I'm included. And all this year, I didn't know that it is me that I belong for the treaty. Mm-hmm. So it was also... You know, it's a good something good for for our community to know that they are part of the Tiriti. It's not for only the Maori; it's for us as Tangata Tiriti. Very good point. Very good point. I have been here for twenty years. So yesterday, when you opened up at the workshop, you know something I realized that all the migrants, I mean most of them, when they come to New Zealand for work or for visit or for study, anything, you know. The first notion when they hear about the Titiriti or Waitangi is that, okay, this must be a document between the the government or the or the colonizers and and the indigenous people. Yeah. You know, it doesn't apply to us. But what you said at the workshop really resonated with me is that this is the first immigration document. document. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> That's a quote from the out past leader of the Māori Party, Tariana Turia, you know, a stateswoman of our country, and she explained it that way. She said, if you think about the treaty, it's the first time that the people of the land actually made an arrangement to let newcomers into their country. And therefore, it is our first immigration document. And so you sat up straight, Lux, I saw you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most people sit up straight and think, Oh, and also Pākehā New Zealanders sit up straight because there's such a belief in our country that the reason that it became a British colonial society is because the British conquered New Zealand. It's not what happened. First, there was an arrangement, an an agreement, an agreed relationship, but then it was broken. Those relate the relationship agreements were broken. Mm. But the original understanding, the original intentions, were for a peaceful immigration arrangement. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Which is yeah, which is great. Yes. I mean, which is great because uh, this that means this is applies to everybody in New Zealand. Yeah. right. Not just. You know, people who have signed these documents, mm-hmm. but also people who are coming and calling themselves home, yeah. right? And I, be, I would love to have some piece of this or some summary at the citizenship ceremonies. Yes. You know, <laughs> that would be wonderful. You know, we have a national anthem. We, mm-hmm. we have a welcoming them as Kiwis. But, you know, yes. I would love to have some something yes. You know, a little bit extra. And we can say one of the welcoming communities, um, coordinators in a smaller North Island city, um, has already handed out our translations at the citizenship ceremony and given the right language to each of the new citizens. You know what? And we're going to have another city here. Yes, and we, we would like all the New Zealand councils to do that, to start um, doing that for their new citizens, to give them the treaty in their own language. Yeah. Amazing. And and thanks to you guys for, for yeah. making that happen. <laughs> right. My next question uh, to you both is, what are the next steps for, for treaty people? Um, are they, are there plans to translate the Tetriti into more languages? How can individual organizations support your mission? Yeah. So we finished 24 languages, and I think the third step, stage it will be more language 
But before that, we are thinking about, you know, to find facilitator in these languages. So at least like for me, I'm an Arab and I make the workshop in Arabic fully in Arabic language. So they understand more. So the first stage we are trying to make the facility, you know, prepare facilitator in these 24 languages, mm. which is still we are preparing for that because we also providing the training for them to become like facilitator. And um, I think also uh, to make more workshop with this, you know, uh, in different in different language. So it will be um, awareness more for a different community also. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ingrid, do you want to add something more? Yeah, so we're looking for more facilitators mm-hmm. um, before we are looking for more translators. So we are mm-hmm. also looking for host organisations. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important, as you did last night with mm-hmm. the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council hosting us, mm-hmm. providing the kai, you know, the, and the kaumātua came with you. And um, that's the relationship building that the Māori elder, the kaumātua, mm-hmm. always wants to do is mm-hmm. saying, you, all of you who are interested in the treaty, that means you're interested in my hapū, mm-hmm. you're interested in this region, you're interested in joining with us as the people of the land. So we are always looking for host organisations mm-hmm. to invite us to bring our workshop to that organisation. And it can be an NGO, a little community organisation, it mm-hmm. can be a newcomers network, it can be the city council, it can be the local multicultural council, any any organisation, the local Red Cross, um, yeah, oh, any of those, all can host one of our workshops. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Thank <laughs> you for that positive feedback. Uh, <laughs> that's because our local uh, in the Mana Whenua and, and the Tangata Whenua have, have given us that knowledge, mm. you know, and then given us that opportunity to exchange mm. each other's cultures. You know, they have yeah. welcomed the multicultural communities into the Marae, yeah. you know, they, they made us feel welcome, and we've had the Nohu Marae, the Porphyries, yes. and they teach us this is our tikanga, and then what is yours? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the question is, this is ours tikanga as a host. Yes. You know, what is your, your tikanga, mm. right, uh, as a guest? So, so that's why we knew that we have to have a kai. Yeah. <laughs> at an important event like this. And we have to hire, have a komatua to bless the food and yeah. open it up and yes. the whakafanongatanga. Yes. And then such an important, you know, uh, treaty workshop, we need to do these yeah. uh, proper things. Sorry. And, and the komatua themselves, they think that they may d- just slip away after the um, formal opening. And usually they're still sitting there at four o'clock because they have become part of the delivery because yeah. they are then sharing sharing what's happening in their their um, yeah. their hearts of of their well what they how they want to welcome the newcomers that's here. great because yeah. matua um, ed baker mm. has been a, a great advisor for me you know he's at the police you know he heads the ethnic and the maori uh, uh, division um, and he's such a gentle and and uh, very wise uh, he's been there for 34 years and he cares for the community. Um, so he really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed your workshop. He texted me afterwards to say, Lux, you know, I really enjoyed the Carrera. Okay, so we are running very close to the, to the end. Let me find a, a great question to ask you. Uh, for those interested in learning more, what do they have to do? Uh, tell us about how 
everybody can reach your workshop? They need to jump on our website, www.treatypeopleoneword.org. Mm-hmm. And on our website, they will find um, all the translations. It's in our special tab, Languages. And they'll also find upcoming workshops. Um, that's actually on our Facebook page. They'll also find YouTube videos um, of actually some of the translators have done five-minute videos. So, yep, jump on our website. Okay. Thank you, Ingrid. And any last words from either of you? Anything at all for our listeners, for, for people of Otipoti Dunedin? Yeah. <laughs> My last word, maybe just believe that you are belong to Treaty of, of Waitangi. We all belong for to Treaty of Waitangi. Yeah. Thank this you. Is my, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, dear listeners, I think we have come to the end of the show. Um, so thank you for being with us this half an hour. Um, I know we don't do any justice to this topic, you know, talking about it for half an hour. All oh, these two lovely ladies who have got so much to offer. Uh, I wish I had, you know, five or six sessions with them to dive into each of the questions, but uh, they have to go back to Waikato. But hopefully, definitely, they will come back. For, for more workshops. So I'm going to leave you with our race relations week. Okay, it's coming up 16th of March to 23rd of March, opening at 2 p.m. at the Toitu Museum and closing at the Church of uh, Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints Hall um, on the 23rd, 5.30 p.m. for a potluck and a multicultural evening. Right, you can jump onto our website, Facebook page, Race Relations Week, to find all the events and how to take part in it. Right, so please support us. Okay, on that note, thank you, Ingrid and Mesa. Thank you, Lux. Thank you. Have a safe trip back home, and thank you all. Uh, Have a wonderful evening. Remember, next Tuesday, six p.m. on DMEC on air, Kakite. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.